You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. Okay, then we are going. We're rolling here. Back to it. Back from the holidays. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy you guys, New Year. You refreshed? Yeah. Everybody get some good toys. Feeling it? All right. I resolved to do another podcast today. Still haven't gotten the Millennium Falcon I was promised when I was like nine. Did you ever get one of those? Uh, I played with uh, friends, Millennial Falcons. Or no, Millennium I did, I did Falcons. too. Yeah. Millennium Millennial. Falcon. Whatever. Yeah. They were, they were several years in the future. Came with avocado. Those damn, those damn birds are just screwing everything up. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. Well, it's good to see you guys. You seem taller. Feel taller. Everybody's growing a bit. I still sound awesome. Uh, you sound yeah. slightly less horrific. It, it, it is slightly less, yes. But, you know. All right. Well, let's get into some theme music. All right. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. If somebody likes it. So, um, so yeah, here here we are in January. Um, the snow has been falling. Temperatures. There, there was some snow falling here actually. A there little. Was. We There's had a little. no 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 no. A little is a lot for here, dude. For any, where, for any where we live, any like even like eight snowflakes. You're like, there's fucking snow. Yeah, this town kind of loses its collective shit uh, when any snow falls. Yeah. And a little bit has fallen twice this year. So. I mean, my Facebook feed fills up like yes. this, like Jesus just came back in town. Yeah. So anyway, so so we're back. You know, we've we've flipped over the calendar to 2018, and I think, you know, one of the things that sets in for at least one of the things that I find that I'm aware of, and this is probably just because I have little kids, is like just the difference between the run up to the holidays and then the time after the holidays when like. You either get excited that you could kind of get back to the world as it is, or you have a little bit of the holiday hangover thing going sure. on. So uh, I use this. Well, I so there was there was an article that came out uh, not very long ago about by Stereo Gum, and it was talking about this in in context of um, Coachella. They actually. Uh, said, okay, here we are in 2018. There's uh, the first big festival, or this big, the big festival that they circled. I don't even know what the date, uh, what the actual dates of Coachella are. It doesn't matter. But, but what they said was, these are the acts that we would like to see. Because I guess there has been some thought about um, maybe not as many bands on these big uh, circuit shows, and fewer, fewer bands, more big bands, like big, like. Uh, High-profile acts, Lord not Twelve. like, not, yeah, not Glenn Miller, and uh, and and so with that in mind, basically they put together a, a piece that said these are the acts that we would like to see reunite and play like a big like a big concert show. Sure, and they and they broke them down into, and we won't go through this whole thing. Nobody needs to hear all that, but they broke them down into like these these are some that will happen someday. Um, one uh, is, like, you can imagine a world in which at least it's possible. That was, like, the second category. And then um, and then the third category was there's no chance. So, anyway, um, some of the acts that we talk about from time to time on this show were mentioned. 
Um, but some were some that we haven't talked about at all that I thought were intriguing. So anyway, um, I will just posit that to you guys. If if there was an act that could get back together, like let's assume, like we're not talking crazy talk here. Like we don't have members have to here. be alive. Yeah, members uh, have to be alive. No, Mark, I think he wants us to guess. Yeah, not uh, read it. I want you oh. to guess. Well, and I'm that's a, not and that's not the article. Well, we so. uh, here, let's listen to that. I, uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, maybe. Uh, I'm gonna put my hat in the ring for one that's not gonna happen because I've got to get my every show yep. plug in there. Yep, gonna, they I'm were mentioned. Say, I'm gonna say the Smiths. Yeah, the Smiths were, were mentioned. Knocked as over my a, drink, uh, trying to get the bell in there. Yeah, the, the Smiths were mentioned as an act that would would not be getting back together. Um, well, we didn't say his name yet. That's when the bell comes in. Was that like Voldemort? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, anyway, um, among the, the ones... What about the Buzzcocks? Yeah, sure, I think the Buzzcocks would be interesting. Uh, never mind. A, a couple that a couple that were, were could have at least, you could at least imagine a world in which it was possible they were mentioned. One was R.E.M. That sure, makes so sense. That, um, another was Rilo Kiley, who we don't talk about at all on this know. show, but apparently, I didn't realize when that band split... That it was somewhat acrimonious. I didn't either. And apparently it was a little bit. Well, and Jenny so. Lewis kind of like was a little bit more successful solo, I believe, uh, than they ever were as a band. Yeah. As far as I know. Anyway, um, and I will just say that uh, that if I were gonna if I were gonna pick an act, um, you know, the Beulah guys are just right up the road. They're already in California. There are many of them, so it would take some getting together. But uh, I saw them. They did not make the I list. I saw them in Austin. I, I saw them in, in Portland, Oregon. Probably 15 years ago or so. Like, And they did a great cover of Psycho Killer. Oh, um, yeah. I could believe that. Yeah. Anyway, we don't we don't have the sidebar on that. But anyway, I just thought it was a, it's an interesting article. If you find it in uh, in uh, your latest uh, newsstand edition of Stereo Gub, uh, I highly suggest you give it a, a read. Boy, I am looking at this. Mark has the Coachella um, lineup behind him. Not anymore, he doesn't. He did. There we go. Boy, there's a lot of suck on that. Like, whoever's pissed off, like, there's reasons why they should be. Um, a Perfect Circle is one of the big headliners. I don't know. Yeah, I actually like that band more than I do Tool, which who, which is not saying much. I was going to say, how much does that actually fucking mean? Yeah. Like, perfect Circle is like his, like, Depeche Mode side project. Oh, God. Who? Yeah, whatever. He also makes wine in Arizona. I'm talking about Maynard. Yeah, yeah of course, it, I, I've had some of his wine, but that's on the that the, the headliners are on the Eminem stage. It's also Portugal the Man, Migos, a Perfect Circle, like those fit together. Cardi B, like that fits with anything. Uh, Miguel, King Cruel, like yeah, it's almost like some of these lineups almost look like they're put together by AI. It looks like, like somebody did a bunch of. <laughs> like, it looks like somebody did a bunch of Molly and then threw darts at names on the wall and tried to get them together. Yeah, no, it's yeah, anyway, Chic. it's it's goofy. Featuring Nile Rogers, wasn't that um, freak out? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, point the point is them. not necessarily to spend uh, the first ten minutes of the show reading off things that other people can't see, but it just strikes me interesting. Like this is the way that you get out in front of the the festival season is to start making these wackadoo uh, suggestions, like right here as we are in the first week of January. So anyway, if you're out there listening, bands that are thinking of getting back together that did significant material. Um, yeah, do it. Well, it looks like a, a belly reunion is, is, is that, that everybody's on, been clamoring for on the weekend stage. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, okay, so do you guys want to talk about why we're really here? Well, this artist is actually uh, listed on the Eminem stage. That's true. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about um, Archie Marshall, the South Londoner, who also has gone. He's gone by many didn't, names. Didn't he do that uh, Sugar Sugar song in the 70s? No, that was the Archies. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Yeah. He's also not Gary Marshall. Um, anybody <laughs> named noted, Marshall? Yeah. Noted director and, and brother of Penny. Yeah. Um, but no, he is the, uh, he is the sort of, uh, I guess he's 23 now. Um, yeah, prodigy kid. Yeah, prodigy uh, who kind of took the UK and to a certain extent uh, the US by storm with uh, a previous release and has just, just been one of these guys who um, – actually, the, the record that we're going to talk about tonight – Well, his, his alter ego is King Cruel, K-R-U-L-E. Yes, and the, and the record that we're going to talk about tonight is called The Ooze. And, uh, and Pitchfork called it its top rock record of the year, which I we will talk about, no doubt. Is it a rock record? And I know. No. Well, that's a fair question <laughs> I, to ask. Is it top? Yeah, we can t- we'll talk about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, he has been, he's been uh, seeing a lot of buzz, and it didn't start with this record, but it seems to have intensified with this record. So we're going to talk a little bit about the latest from uh, producer, musician, Singer, songwriter, uh, lever of uh, tracks in the backseat of his car, uh, Archie Marshall, better known as King Man, Cool. this shit is all over the place. Like, I had listened to like three tracks of it and I ran into Kevin at uh, Christmas at our parents' house and I was like, I'll bet critics are losing their shit over this. I'm so <laughs> curious to hear your thoughts on this. Oh, right. I thought I you might be. Imagine. Yeah, because <laughs> there, are, there are lots of aspects of it that I could, that you talk so much shit about. But then there's also aspects that you like in other people's music. And so I can't even begin it's, to imagine what your feelings on this are, It's Ryan. funny. I spend most of the time thinking about what Ryan was thinking about it as well. <laughs> did you really? Because I, I, I really did, did the whole record. Like, that's, that's how well, that, I That's weird. That's I, how I, I did, too. This one. I was wondering what I thought of it. <laughs> um, here's the deal. Like, there's a couple tracks that just don't do it for me, and one of them does have that, you know, uh, LP left in the back seat. Uh, a they lot. almost all do, dude. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I would not say that. There's a no. Lot. There's <laughs> you did not listen to. This there's a lot of warped LP. In there's it. a lot of warped LP stuff. On well, this. there's stuff that's more egregious than others. But no, I fucking love this record. Uh, now that's I listened to it a second time and I didn't like it as much as I liked it the first time, which is I usually. Will, I, I will say this. I think that uh, repeated listenings sound like there's enough nuance and frankly just like sort of off kilter weird shit going on in here that it is. It doesn't sit the same way. Well, I was shocked the first time I heard it. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I just kept thinking, like, he's like genre hopping, but somehow it works. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, it's like he, he's invented a new genre, which apparently he's already done with, uh, what do they call it? I, I'll, uh, ag- I'll agree with that to a certain extent. Sure. What was it, Blue Wave or something? Dark Wave and Blue no, Wave. Oh, Blue well, Wave yeah, is the one. Dark Blue Wave, wave yeah. Oh, with him? Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah, that was Tori Moi, yeah. Anyway. Chill uh, wave, excuse me. But I mean, there. I mean, it's got cool jazz. There's elements of punk in some of it. I got a little bit of um, like psychobilly, a la Horton Heat. Sure, like a little bit. Uh, I, and it's just all over the place. But somehow it doesn't sound like he's schizo. Well, uh, and here's the other thing, and we, and I think, we'll there's plenty of time for us to talk about the specific lyrical content that he dives into. But the overarching motif of this. 
it kind of gets presented like it's a breakup record, but I feel like there's a lot of other stuff going on here that doesn't feel as simple as a breakup record. But I do feel like that that in, in terms of lyrical content, a lot, of, at least some of the reason why critics are falling all over themselves about this album is that that uh, that sort of like verbal desperation or whatnot feels honest. Like that's the best way that I can kind of translate that. So well, anyway. it, it feels fearless to me. Like he hasn't learned that you're supposed to, you know, color within the lines, and so he just does whatever the fuck, and it mostly works. So, you know, it's that that twenty three year old. You know, a lot of times that'll lead you to make really poor decisions. I did plenty back in the day, uh, but right now he's just kind of firing on all cylinders, save for a couple songs that you know echo Mac DeMarco, which I don't care about, but. Like I, so, I don't know how you mix cool jazz with punk and somehow it turns out okay on the other end. I, I will say this, and this is not the record that we're talking about, but what part of what unlocked this album for me was I was just doing some digging through his back catalog, and I and I came across his 2013 performance of Easy Easy on Letterman, and that once I once I saw that. Uh, that segment, I thought, okay, well, there's an there's an aspect of this that I can understand why people originally flipped out over him, and and this record doesn't sound anything like that song, but um, but it's certainly certainly worth a listen. I do think that we ought to spin one of these. So, what do you guys think? Like maybe the um, Dumb Surfer is the one that is kind of bandied about as the as one of the singles off of this album. And it's got a, and he's he's kind of a micromanager on the um, visual front with regard to some of these videos. So why don't we roll that one to start with? Sounds good. If um, it has it has been asked, you know, like because a lot of of uh, critics have written about how hard to categorize this record is, somebody actually asked the question, like, what does it actually sound like? And um, one of the things that I noticed is that there is a lot of sort of off kilter saxophone throughout, and that happened because, and we just watched the video for Dumb Surfer, which I. You can dial up on YouTube. I certainly recommend it. That was a dis- very disturbing video. It is. Yeah, it's a zombie band. Uh, I'm almost 100% convinced that the dumb surfer, he says don't suffer in the end of it. In that, I've heard that before, but watching it, like watching that video, I think that's just like a phonetic, a different phonetic spelling of what 
Well, dude, I, I made the joke earlier about Sugar Sugar, which is, you know, of course, by the Archies, which is based on the Archie comic books. But in that video, he kind of looks like Archie Andrews, but if he had a heroin problem. <laughs> and Well, and everybody's sweaty and clammy. And... I enjoyed this video much more than I enjoyed this album. Yeah, I, 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 I was discouraged. I, I dug this, it. That was, that's actually one of my least favorite songs on that record, personally. See, it's weird. Like, I... I like it. it, and it's got that Bristol trip hop kind of thing going well, on. That's what I was gonna say. Right. Like this album to me, like okay, I'm gonna put my two cents in. I, I think that the kid deserves every fucking accolade he gets. This is an incredibly interesting, singular, ambitious, ambitious vision. However, could we cut out about forty five of the minutes and like after like, it's a little overlong. It runs, but I mean, if you look at it as a mood piece, it's fine. But it's sort of like if you got tricky, and you got like. Mid seventies Tom Waits, and you got throw in some morphine. It's some Leonard like Cohen, the, the band, not Leonard the drug. Cohen, and morphine, and they all together wrote a soundtrack for a war movie. It's kind of what this is <laughs> in a lot of ways. I, I feel yeah, like, because, but the tricky part is like having tricky or like that really black Bristol trip hop from like the mid nineties is essential to understanding what that shit is. Saying. Sure, Kevin is. We kind of derailed from. Oh, I'm sorry, your, your yeah, topic, all right. but. Well, and there's a lot to unpack about what Shane just said that I sure. that I absolutely want to talk about. I was just going to say that um, it's interesting. The, the the guy who ends up playing saxophone on that record happened to Ignacio Salvadores uh, hit up Archie on Facebook with a YouTube video and got invited to play on the record. And I can't see how that happens very like. It's kind pretty of interesting. Very, yeah, but um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, I think that. The sound, like it's hard to argue with the idea that the sound is the soundscape is lush, but it's also intentionally murky, and it you, it is not always clear necessarily where it's going. But um, anyway, it, it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, necessarily say that. Uh, um, it's not a pleasant listen. No. imagination for me, but it doesn't make it a, a bad listen. I feel, sure. I, I feel like uh, where it's going to end up netting, like, and I was fascinated the first time I listened to it, um, and then it got a little bit less interesting uh, the second time. But because it, because I feel it, like where it's going to net out for me is like it's, it'll be the cool thing to put on in the background as mood music. Well, that's that's another thing that I was thinking, like when I was listening to it, it I was thinking darkened lounge somewhere. That's where it's going to be. Look, there are individual songs that sound amazing on that. Um, but uh, and overall, it sounds amazing. But after a while, it's it gets so samey that it has to be background music, you know. Yeah. So anyway, the, I guess the point is is uh, that yeah, it's a it is a sort of a I mean it's a it's a dark road, and the the sentiments are not are not in any way uplifting. But it's also like he's also kind of defiant about it. You know, some of his backstory. It sounds like. He was kind of a kid that was sort of hard to control, hard to manage, hard yeah. to manage. Spent some time in a facility where he said, uh, "I think it, the general gist was that like the doctors were wrong a lot, and I think it just made him." But his parents also like really encouraged his creative, creative side. Well, yeah, they're both creative. Yeah, yeah. So, I just hope he doesn't go down like an Amy Winehouse path or something. Like, because he's he's getting heaped a lot of praise right now. Now his stuff is not as commercial as hers was, so uh, I don't I don't put a I don't understand. Like he he hasn't so far. Like just because his music start doesn't necessarily mean anything about like 
His no, I know. It's just a lot to take on when you're that young. Well, what I will say in his in his <laughs> favor, yeah. like in his like, I think this is a, is a smart move on his regard. Is after that Letterman performance, there was really a lot of attention that hit him after, on the most of the previous record, and uh, he quit doing interviews. Like he would, there it was the beginning of a U.S. tour or still on the early side of the U.S. tour, and he quit doing. He didn't do most of the interviews at most of the places that he went. So. Anyway, I think he retreated a little bit. It sounds like That's he's probably good. Yeah, and in this case, like this is a very at least hard to argue that this isn't an introspective record. I mean, so. we don't know though. I mean, just because he's, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like to draw that conclusion that just because someone writes in like first person, or we can draw the conclusion that the songs are necessarily about about them. They're definitely, um, you know, inward looking as far as what those characters are. They may be about them. They may not be. I just think that that's kind of a not not for you personally. I just see journalists fall into that trap a lot. That they they definitely assume a lot. Having had many friends that are music journalists, I've had this argument many many times. Where sure they I mean, assume that you know just because you know Tom Rates wrote about characters in third person, he could have been writing about himself and a, and a lover of his at a bar, but that's the way he chose to present that. You know what I mean? So well, right. You I mean, there's always a certain amount of the final word that that stays with the artist in that right. regard. And so, and maybe, maybe it sounds like Archie Marshall's not talking. So, you know, to that end, like, people can kind of make their to. Own. Like, he's getting plenty no. of attention well, and letting I, the music do the talking. It's, yeah, it's better for him if it can be kind of an exploration. And there's a lot to, like, the, clearly there's a lot to unpack here. So, shall we sample another one? Yeah, let's do that. Um, I, all right, Shane. Can I pick one? Yeah, sure. I like video a lot. Okay, let's um, do it. I'm all about it. Uh, Shane apparently is not a huge fan of that song, but like, you want to throw like the Clash against Horton Heat and then murky it up in the production? Uh, sold. If you like the Clash or Horton Heat, then yeah, maybe. Well, I, I like both of those things. I know that's why it works for you. <laughs> Kevin, thoughts? anyway, um, the pace review of this record. I meant to mention this. Calls it chock full of cosmic fuckery, <laughs> and like I can see a little bit of that. Like even in a even in the you know sort of um, rockabilly undertones of I do what's like going about there. It's like I like in that song how like he it. I, I wish it had been earlier on the record because it is nice. It's not like a shitty song. It's you know, just totally not my thing. But I like how it breaks stuff up. I think it would have been more effective if he had had because it's way down on the. Right? Well, like, it doesn't really sound like the rest of the record. No, and I'm saying it, it would be nice to have it like when it gets a little bit samey earlier in the record. Like those first mm -hmm. five songs are all in and of themselves, you know, really well 
written songs, but definitely like I'd start to fucking tune out. Oh, when I, yeah, when I was like three or four songs in, I was like, oh, okay, I get this, and I put it off for a while. And we had holidays and whatnot, and then finally listened to the whole thing, got through the whole thing yesterday, and then listened to it again today. Uh, and I was like, oh, there's more going on here. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, overall, I I enjoyed the record. I like all the antecedents or the precedent, whatever. Um, but I was just like, oh, you know, it's jazzy trip hop. Uh, is what I thought at first, and that is not that. But there are those elements in it, though. For sure. Which, you know, there's a lot going on. It's a very interesting, really dense production work on it. Uh, it just sounds good, too. I mean, it's a good-sounding record. You know, it's funny. Like, uh, we've got a house guest at my place right now, and he was up, you know, chatting with me or whatever. I was like, like i got to listen to this record or whatever. And he was like, it sounds really badly produced. And I was like, I don't think so at all. Weird. And well, it turns out he likes really clean pop production, like modern pop production. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that Dude, stuff really bugs me. You're going to want to walk around the block or something. Yeah. Blow off some steam somewhere. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, like, like Blink 182 knockoffs or like. Uh, I think more like uh, Katy Perry type oh, stuff. Yeah. 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 He's, he's going to think this is a little rough. Yeah. And it's designed to be rough. Like it, it's designed to like well, drag you down in the to the little bit. Into well, the I think with they're it. they're having some fun with the knob twiddling. It yeah, sounds, it's just really dense. Well, and and one point that um, I think we started to come near, and I didn't mention, but that has been discussed a lot in reviews of this record, uh, is the fact that that uh, Archie Marshall is not um, an ardent self editor, and so we're well, Shane, he just you were talking throws about everything like, at the wall. Well. The, he keeps everything. Mm-hmm. Like it, there, he's a little bit of a musical hoarder in that regard. If if it feels like there's a bunch extra, and it sounds like you know that you yeah. guys think that maybe there is. I mean, what? How many songs? How many songs? Were it's nineteen tracks. Nineteen songs. Yeah. It's almost seventy minutes long. Yeah, and and over half the album has an incredibly similar, you know, pace and sound, and you know, I'd, I'd be curious how much of this is uh, digital and how much of it's analog. I mean, because most, most people record digital these days if they're if they're doing it independently because analog's so expensive, and it, plus you can't find like too much tape anyway. It's incredibly expensive now. Well, and isn't this out on Matador? Yeah, yeah. A lot of so. times, what you'll see people do is they'll they'll mix to analog. It's a lot cheaper to do that, um, but rather than record on it, like. But it doesn't have that like kind of brittle thing that I, yeah, I, I sort of associate. The, that's that's because the technology is. Is advanced so much. Where they add tape hiss and shit. Well, no, just there's a lot more involved than you think, and also the people that know what they want out of it. You know, like digital stuff doesn't have to sound digital unless you want it to sound digital. Like case in point is what your new your house guest was saying. Like he wants that to sound digital. Like he yeah. wants it to sound. Well, digital. he th- he thought it was like dirty and like underdone, and I'm like, that's kind of the point, dude. Yeah, yeah. he would really hate pavement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> really would. <laughs> Is this? If you if you decide you want him out of there, it's just slap on some pavement. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. What uh, about the voice of Caddy Lee? Hey, do you guys want to do a few minutes with? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Kind of seemed oddly appropriate, and I just heard this song. Two days ago on our favorite radio station, KUTX, had to get that plug in, uh, as is my want. It's a decent plug. Yeah. But anyway, a band that totally went out on top, 
I've never actually heard this song, and I've never listened to this whole record, but I've heard bits and pieces of it. And it's a tribe called Quest. Uh, record came out in 2016. Great fucking record. Yeah. And uh, the song's called Disgeneration. So let's get into it. Capital G, ball in the beat. Status Chris Paul or John Paul in the league. Grab a mic, still the knuckles will bleed. Cause I believe the potent and the potent have you geek like speed. If rationale is natural, I will weave. It's all edges and peace. Setting press me on a permanent speed. I'm in the world with my princess player. Ain't you feeling my beta? And my lower grows greater and greater. Pin trail, drop poisonous vapors. Have you shaking like gator? Pin trail, nigga, process to data. Blu-ray, wave, follow a beta. I DVR later. Cop a monster with a G to my waiter. You can't define us. X, Y, Z, Z, it's a generational elitist, have you cheat a virtual think pieces? See this written worth of medical science, brains defiant, thoughts heavy, baby, they're a major appliance. Leave a tag when dropping the flyness through a giant, dude's nice, he tight, screwed in with some pliers, who with some bias? God damn, man, that song just pushes all my buttons. That's a great, great song, that was that a great video. Fun. Yeah. I just need to go listen to the whole we, thing. We, I, it's we, in my car as we speak. Every single time, and, and this is a true thing, and I've never, like, by far, my favorite hip-hop act, hip-hop, how did I say that? Hip-hop. Hip-hop act in the world is Tribe Called Quest. I can listen to them 24 hours a day. I absolutely love them every fucking time I want to do it. Tribe album, for whatever reason, it's one of the times where somebody else is going to do one. This is one of those songs that I'm going to remember exactly where I was when I first heard it. Dude, it was like my their, pulse quickened. All their fucking I, I, I got excited. Like Go back and listen to their first two records, man. They're, they're, they're fucking, actually, their first three records, man. Like, they're insanely brilliant. That one, Five Dog died in the middle of recording it. Or he actually went and recorded a lot of stuff solo. Um, but... Yeah, man. I mean, what a fitting, what a fitting tribute. And it's funny that you play this because um, when I listened to this, when this album came out last year, I was like, man, I hope that boom bap hip hop is on its way back in. And the song that I'm going to play for you guys later uh, is a testament to that. It's a testament to that. Yeah, it's some boom bap hip hop too. So, but yeah, the video is is just beautiful, shot in black and white, and just like this kind of rolling pan. Over uh, well, also again, like it. One of the things that's really annoying to me about rap right now is that there's not a lot of bass response in the middle. It's all like that fucking low end. Like so, if you turn your bass, right. up, it can like blow it out your car. But it's not enjoyable to do. There's not a lot of like density in it, and so like something like that with that also that that drum like more like a drum beat like of a drummer. It's just very. Satisfying to listen to. And it's got that leisurely kind of like strumming guitar. That like electric really, guitar in it? Yeah, just really resonant. Like just Well, also it. they use that guitar like, like Q-Tip used to use samples. Like that guitar is, is, as far as I know, isn't a sample. It was recorded but used in the way that like... Well, they probably played it, you know, a couple times and then sampled it themselves. Right, that's like, what I'm saying. They played it, sampled it, but used it in the way that old tribe... And they would they would use other people's samples. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those guys are virtuosos, or were Just are and were utterly enjoyable. I hope music. that they they form some sort of new project. I, I can't imagine they wouldn't, because you know the thing about creative people, whatever their medium is, they can't not do it. Well, Q-tips, Q-tips had a 
a really is a really solid. I recommend to anybody. I can't think of the name of it, but I would highly recommend to anybody listening right now to go and watch a Tribe Called Quest documentary that came out. I think in in two thousand nine or twenty ten. Streaming somewhere. Um, I can't I can't answer that question right off the off the top of my head, but um, it is absolutely brilliant for in it for so many different reasons, and it shows see. A lot of the, the things that were going on with 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 um, with Fife Dog is that he had like um, what did he die from? Was it complications cancer? from from diabetes? And he had diabetes a lot in that movie. And you can it's just it's a fascinating movie. If anybody out there, I, I don't know the name of the documentary, like I said off the top of my head, but if you find that Tribe Called Quest documentary, came out about six seven years ago, go watch it. Well the, well, the record that this was from, which we've been alluding to, but I don't think we mentioned, is uh, we got it from here. Thank you for your service. And and Five Dog came up with that title too. This yeah, F little tribe, tribe. That was another one where like my Facebook feed just blew up when he died, and I'm like, had no idea, you guys. Like, and I've I've heard probably a dozen Tribe Called Tw- Quest uh, they are songs over the years, and not a single one of them have I had any problem with. Uh, there's a huge drop off from like how far much like above they are, how far, I, how far I, above they are for like I everybody else. Today. Yeah, I just really like this act a lot. So I kind of always just kind of lump them in with like De La Soul and well, they well, get far they're side. part of the same. They're part of the Native Tongues thing, which came out right. around that same time, like the late '80s. Very, very different. But they mm-hmm. used they both used. Most deaf kind of gets in there uh, a little bit. Well, and, and the the native tongue thing was kind of wrapped around the idea of there being some positivity in the music. Like even Queen Latifah gets left. Queen Latifah like, was a big part of that. Yeah, actually. like she's gets included in that that movement. So, oh, Mark just pulled it up. It's called Beats, Rhymes, and Life, um, dude. I'm telling you, if you could get it, I guess you could get it on YouTube. Um, it is badass. Um, Directed by Michael Rappaport, so you might be able to hear like some screaming in the background. Yeah, it's it's on, no, it's on Amazon, Amazon, YouTube, Voodoo. I don't know. Fine call, Ryan. Yeah, great yeah. fucking song. Yeah, my pleasure, dudes. In the Guardian review, we're talking about uh, the King Cool record, The Ooze. Uh, in the Guardian review of this record, uh, Archie Marshall, the, the 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 guy behind the name, said uh, of the of the title of the album, he said it's enti- it's intended to signify, as he recently told one interviewer, quote the shit you do subconsciously, like the snot earwax. Spit, jizz, piss, shit, your beard, your nails. You don't ever think, wow, I'm actually pushing all this stuff constantly. My brain's creating all this gunk, this force field. I don't know what that means, but... That's a pretty Dada or beat poet kind of It sounds like respond. he smokes a lot of weed to me. Maybe, first. maybe. I know, but, I got a lot. Of, I got about half of that. Yeah, no, well, I get it. I get completely what he means. Yeah. Just... But, but, I mean, essentially, I think the, the gist of it is, like, uh, it's the this record is about... The, you know, kind of making your way through the muck. And um, one of the things that I had us do before we came back in here was I just showed the, or had Mark pull up the um, the Letterman appearance that was a track called Easy Easy that I mentioned the first half of the show off of the previous record. It doesn't sound anything like 
what's no, on this a good album. song, but it's more like straight ahead little like down tuned rock song. Yeah, I, li- but I, think, I liked it. Yeah, but I think you. But a part of the yeah, deal I like is, that song a lot. I do too. actually a lot. Yeah, but yeah, but that's that's I think stuff like that is the is you know that's what that's the gateway drug to the rest of his more current repertoire. I think I read that uh, in recording the ooze like. He was listening to a lot of the Pixies and the Libertines. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, good on you. I don't really know dick about the Libertines other than they were a big deal in England. Yeah, but just because you're listening to something doesn't mean your music has well, no. to sound like that. I mean, Yeah, I mean, you can you can look at, uh, you know, certain artists' paintings and say, I don't want my art to look anything like that. Or you can look at it and say, I admire that. I'm, I'm, I'm watching that. I mean, there's, like, all kinds of different you know, permutations of that idea. Well I, well, I do think that one thing we can probably all agree on is that this guy intentionally takes an oblique look at a lot of different things. And his attention span, like, he seems to kind of want to gobble everything up and synthesize it in some way. Now, whether that comes through directly or is some refraction of what no, he heard no, in some way, to, like, I don't go know. through the Archie filter and come out the other side as just, like, this holy new thing, which, hey, man... Knock yourself out. Like, you definitely not rip anybody off, but you can definitely see the influences on his sleeve. Well, and there, yeah, there are little pieces of things, like mm-hmm. little uh, like little tatters of, like, 90s hip-hop or um, – Go ahead, Shane. Sorry. No, 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 sorry. No. Well, I was – no, I was just going to say one one other thing that occurred to me that I meant to, to mention the first half that, but didn't occur to me to share until now was um, – and – I will I will preface this by saying that these two artists don't sound anything alike, but one thing that I noticed specific to this King Cruel record is that he has a very um, and the best way I can put it is Bjork like tendency to um, to treat his lyrical track as an entirely separate piece of art than the music that is surrounding it, and so sometimes I like that was always my. It was originally off-putting to me when Bjork was coming up and the Sugar Cubes thing was happening. That, like, especially with some of her solo material, that like some of those those tracks just seem lyrically like they're angular and they move differently than the musical pieces do. Um, I could I feel like there's something similar in that here, even though the two artists well, don't sound anything alike. I mean, if you're talking about Bjork, like some of her stuff is like just super straight ahead, and like some of it's like even like kind of classic like standard sounding pop and then like she like birthday with the sugar cubes yeah that is a fucking deeply weird song and oh, if you sure. delve into the lyrics like you might not with come enjoy out on the other side yeah, yeah come out the other side unscarred but like with this with this king cruel i think part of maybe what's difficult for it for me with this is that there aren't those vocal hooks and i think that relates directly to what you're saying is that sure. his vocal his vocal track his vocal melody takes on its own kind of life throughout these songs and it ebbs and it flows but there's never anything that you can really grab onto there yeah i agree with that sure the, the music in and of itself is like i said before like like i would never i would never like let the kid get his due man like this is an amazing sounding record but you definitely there's not. There's not. If you're looking for vocal hooks, they're not on on this album. No, but I I do think it's kind of a sexy record, and sure, there are probably people right now that are getting their freak on. You can that have got this playing in the background. I said the same thing about Tricky. I mean, tri- like Tricky has sexy, weird, dark music, 
you know, and he's but he's not the best rapper in the world. It's kind of like background and it's kind of a secondary to the rest of his music, you know. Yeah. No. Well, one thing that gets mentioned quite a bit is that, and it's funny too because it's often written about almost lyrically by some of the folks who have, have written about this album, um, and that's that the producer side of Archie Marshall that sometimes he just disappears into the music entirely, like he's just not, you know. With some of the like with, with tracks like "Dumb Surfer," which we listened to earlier, you know, he's out in front of that song for all of it. But that's just not really. He's not necessarily. He doesn't seem to be interested in um, expected constructs. Well, it's kind of like what you said earlier that he he's a little bit of a of a musical hoarder in the way that he constructs these things, and I, I think that uh, sometimes he, he prefers to push that vocal up, and sometimes it's not as important, but. He just keeps everything, and so it's. Uh, I suspect for me, some that of it he gets little ideas that he records to whatever medium he's got around him, and just keeps snippets, and then figures out how to put them together later. Because they're not awesome. necessarily always like super cohesive, like verse, chorus, verse, you know, traditional songs. Uh, but somehow, he kind of does this pastiche that ends up working it, more often than not for me. Now, when he gets into that Mac DeMarco thing, like. Sorry, I got to check out. When you say that Mac DeMarco thing, you're basically talking about something that's been around with lots of different. It's that little. It's that guitar thing that. It's that bendy, yeah. like. But, but it's so funny because there's there's so. I'm, many, sure, I'm sure it's been around a little bit, but no, that's no, no, but his primary so many, focus. But there's so many other. Not anymore. There's so many other musical elements on this where it sounds like a warped record, but you're so willing to look past that. But you you do this thing all the time where you you set yourself up in this one way and you're not willing to ever pen- but all these other things that kind of sound like that but isn't uh, that what's great about music though like that's true. That sometimes totally like that it that it it forces us under special circumstances to just you know the hell with our rules like you know, I totally that, agree. if I, it was just that then I'd have a real problem with it but there's so much else going on that it doesn't get under my skin. Now, there's a couple tracks where it is kind of the primary focus, and I was just like, all right, next. Uh, but primarily, like, this is a, a hugely ambitious creative project that eventually over the course of how many tracks is it, 17, 18? Like 19. 19, yeah. Uh, does eventually, I, I'm like, all right, well, this is just wallpaper right now. Um, I do think that there is a video for... Um Maybe it's the English version of Bermondsey Bosom. Um, Why don't we play Check One? That's the best out song on this record. You think? I think it is, personally. Even though it came Bis- out in Biscuit Town? Biscuit Town's really good, too. Well, wait. That's that's Track One. Are you talking about... Check One. Oh, Check One. Yeah, Check One was the first single. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, let's do that. We'll do Check One. Into night, you 
That there's a lot of space in that. There's, it's noir, it's noiry, like that stuff. But there's lots of space. It's sparse, but it that doesn't not do it any favors. I don't know if that's a double negative, uh, but like it it does do it favors that it's sparse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I thought that that was it's really it's basically just him. There's that fucking tenor sax at the end a little bit. There's a lot of like n- not Mellotron, um, not Rhodes, but Anyway, um, keyboards, keyboards, but yeah. yes, um, um, moot like moody jazz keyboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another imaginative video, and I must say that the video is great. As difficult as I found it to get through the album, like I really enjoy the songs with the video. Well, yeah. So that, that video, like a, like a concept, because at the beginning of it, he's walking down the street and he his feet lift off the ground and suddenly he's in an airplane and the rest of it's just like this surreal experience through it and at the end yeah it was a good video and at the end he ends up you know being let back down and it turns out like the whole video was pretty much just in his head there's Uh, a lot of subtle subtle aspects to it just the way like he refers to like looking her in the eye and he's got a bandage on one eye and then there's another part where he's saying that he 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 just can't see and he's got the the little eye uh, thing that she the ma- put the on eye, the eye mask, the eye mask, you know, and there's, there's like all these little like play on words, visuals, I the, guess. The visual like, play makes it seem like some of those lyrics are literal when in fact, like, and then, and then immediately we'll do something to contradict that idea. Sure. Like taking you through the bandage and then what into what you think is his brain, but what appears to be all of a sudden storms on the outside from the airplane. Like anyway, I, like he gets visually, hand, he gets handed a cigarette from somebody who's outside the airplane that yeah. he's supposedly in. What that video seemed to me though was like, uh, like a visual representation of what a dream actually feels like while you're having it, and it kind of sure. makes sense to you at the time, and then you wake up and you're like, "That was fucked up." Right. Well, right. You think that it's linear, and then you, uh, and you, you sort of have dreams in these little sort of. Little vignettes, little vignettes, and then your brain stitches them together when you wake back up, and then you have you start telling people about them. And you're like, "Oh, this doesn't make any sense at all." No. So, anyway, well, that's... I, mean, I guess kind of what, and and I think I just saw this like when I was reading through the the, the Spotify uh, kind of release of this, but um, so the. The release in 2015 was packaged with a 208-page book of poetry, photography, and art. And I think As this kind of speaks to that a little bit. I think he's more of just this musician or the, a poet or a songwriter. I think He's just barfing creativity all over is. the place, like constantly. He is. And I, I, think that, I think that part of maybe what I'm missing from listening to this album is that that full package and i think that maybe that's I love the cover how it's of it. best I mean, it's, it's a study in sparseness but it's like just a, a like a plain chemtrail um but you know like a like pinkish orange streak across just a plain blue sky well and if you think about it the you know that's another metaphor for the ooze or the things that we leave behind that are part of this construct that yeah, our day to day lives that you know what's you can't can't get anywhere without leaving a jet trail. 
Yeah, I wonder if he'd like uh, listen to this uh, podcast and be like, "No, really, it was just about like my, uh, I don't know, my eating disorder." Maybe, maybe. Anyway, that's uh, that's the King Cruel record, fellows. That's the ooze. Good shit, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a dense one. It is. It is. No, yeah, there's no light conversations today. Who's got uh, Who's got uh, the last segment? I do. Um, we're gonna listen to Kawhi by Third Root. A current affair tonight. Fucking rule. I told you, motherfucker. You know the problem with uh, with tracks about athletes or about teams is that they're almost never good. Like they're almost never good. And even though lyrically that song is literally exactly about what you think it's going to be about, yeah. it's Kawhi good. Like, the beat's they're, great. And I know from San Antonio. Well, and I noticed that Chicken George gets uh, DJ Chicken George, who is a old school Austin um, DJ, who's great. Uh, was part of that. It has been part of that act at some some form or fashion. But yeah, no, I thought that was that well, was cool. Shane, so Shane's like, like who has a song about just basketball? Well, I can name two. Yeah, um, I know. you did. Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers from the one album of theirs that I really love, Mother's Milk, has a song called Magic Johnson. And while I'm not a Lakers fan at all, it's a really fucking good song. And then Curtis Blow uh, has Basketball by Curtis Blow I with the immor- the immortal lyric. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty genius. But that song is great. It kind of reminds me of like, um, it's got a boom bap thing, but it also has fucking congas in it too at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah, there's some San Antonio. It's the San Antonio shit, is yeah. right? But they, but it's also like the way that they're rapping. It's it's pretty complex, and it kind of remind. I thought it was a fucking the first time I heard it. Um, I thought it was a Jurassic Five like song I hadn't heard before without the sampling. But Dude, that's that just song, a good song. That man. song's just fucking great. Uh, I've never even heard of them before. Yeah, good stuff. My buddy in San Antonio sent it to me, and um, I'm so hit or miss with hip hop, and we're just like hitting all my. I know right that's what. I, that's what I. To, that's why I said earlier in the show, like, get ready for the for the next song because you're gonna love this one too. But you and I have very similar taste in hip hop. Yeah, like kind of more East Coast sensibility, even if kind of more 1991. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. A little more organic, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I like the. I like the. Yeah. Less thuggish. I like interesting raps. You know, like the more the more I feel more drawn to like the underground and and stuff like that. But then sometimes that can get a little dark and weird too. So I don't know. I'll go back to. It's a little more cerebral. As I think my mother once described my taste in music, which I think sounds pretentious as fuck for me to say, but cerebral. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you would say that, but it sounds pedestrian. What she means is, 
Ryan, you're listening to R.E.M., not Sammy Hagar. I understand that. I do love it that Sammy Hagar has a, a song about speeding. Well, yeah. And, his, and it, that's and supposed to be tequila. like his, his, how it's dangerous. Like, he just can't drive 55. He, I just heard that song on the radio. Just the can't day. do it. <laughs> and, and Physically unable, officer. Excuse me. Yeah. I just, I literally, sir, I can't drive yeah, 55. I have a, it's a condition. Yeah. <laughs> Here's, I've got a card. I, got a, I have a note. Yeah. Anyway, a little medic um, alert bracelet. Yes. Yeah, third route. Well played, yeah, Shane. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah good, stuff. good stuff. Shane, you got us uh, next week. I do have next week. Um, unfortunately, the album that I was going to play it has been discontinued everywhere, and I didn't plan to. I didn't look into that. So, let's just say everywhere. Everywhere. Probably not everywhere. Okay. But, I mean, online everywhere. Okay. Are we going to have to go out and buy like a two hundred dollar? No. Copy of it to so what you guys are going to get? Is it from is, Martin Shkreli? Is, is it in Gene Simmons' <laughs> vault? You're just, you're just probably you're just going to have to give me a day or two to get back to you. But rest assured, it is mid to late seventies outlaw Texas country. Oh, so great! Whether or not I get what I want, I'm going to get another one that fits that bill. Okay. All right. So we have a genre. We don't have a record. You have a, a pretty sure. Before. Pretty sure it's outlaw Texas country mystery uh, selection. But no, but but see what could happen is anything. It's like one of those the things way. where like you, they just have like a brown bag with a price on it. And you just kind of roll yeah, the dice. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or kind of like a Cracker Jack prize. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. All right. Well, then, we'll let's unpack that uh, next week. Okay. Till then, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. And I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it. Slipping into filth, lonely but surrounded, a new place to drown. Six feet beneath the moon, heroes and bloods of painting black and blue with checks, with projections of himself.